0: good evening welcome to the shia for this evening that is uh, sunday of parshas matthews so let's go before we actually get into this year you may have heard that baruch hashem a, a young man by the name of Amit, amitai koplon took the initiative to commit to writing a number of shiurim so he took from she and p aleph he took 10 shiurim and about 100 questions and put them into a book and that's uh available it's available on amazon apparently that's the way to go nowadays instead of schlepping from one country to the other so it's available from amazon wherever you are in the world you got there the address and uh let's go now into our first question for today so this actually a question from somewhere in the uh, middle east where instead of often sophisticated countries or whatever where they come to collect the garbage from your house there they also have a good garbage collection but you have to take it to the dump so the Shluchim, there they have a uh, home help and at the end of the day the uh the uh, the one the home help she walks on her way home she takes with a, 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 a pack of the rubbish and she puts it in the dump and she's been doing that shabbos also so she's got it's part of her duty to take the rubbish to the dump and the question the shluch was asking is it okay for this Uh, help her to take out the rubbish on shabbos that's that's the question she's doing she's not asking her she's just she'll walk out the house with the rubbish and take it to the local dump which is on her way home so really it's not so not so straightforward and first of all we have what you have on the screen you have a quote from now, we've got a difference between what's called a kablon and a sochir. A kablon is paid for the job. A sochir is paid for the time. So we all know that it's okay to take your jacket into the cleaners on a Friday. And you'll pick it up Sunday. The likelihood is that they'll do the work on Shabbos. It doesn't matter. They've got So long as you give them enough time to do it before or after Shabbos. The fact that you're not paying them for the time. You're paying them for the job. Okay. So what about having a, a builder who's paid for his time and he'll be building your uh, a fence in your front gardens? That's not okay. So that's when you read inside. When is it said that you are allowed to leave a, allow a goysha contractor to do work for you on Shabbos? when it's something which is portable you can do the same elsewhere off your premises it's not evident that it's work being done for a jew so if you're going you're passing by and you see uh, a tailor is, is doing some sewing you don't know whether it's being done for a year or not whereas if he were doing some a job which is connected to the ground is building a house where no one living there but this is landed property people pass by this she says, this is a guy building there well that, and they know that it belongs to you. So then, that looks like he's been—that he's, the guy is working for the Jew on Shabbos uh, as being paid for the working on Shabbos. Well, oh, it looks as though is doing harvesting, gardening. <laughs> Since that land is obviously is well known that it belongs to a Jew. <speaking in Hebrew> since the land where the work is being done is known to be jews uh, jews premises therefore people will come to the assumption that is being the work is being done for the jew therefore even if there's a job I, if i own a property uh, two miles away edmonton still walkable possible for due to passing by and it's known that this property belongs to me therefore even if the contractor is paid for the job not paid for the time he wouldn't be allowed to do work on shabbos <speaking in Hebrew> so that's true if it's uh within the tchum of, a, of a either within the city or within the tomb of a city where you're not living if i had a if I had a property on uh, I don't know, the Isle of Wight, and there's no hidden, as far as I know, no from hidden for sure, we're living there, then if the contractor doesn't work on Shabbos, and I'm not paying you for the time, that might be okay. So coming back to our point here, that I've got here,
1: um, I've got here
0: the, a job. So it's not mamish identical. It's not, she, she, when she, this cleaner takes the packet, the bag of, of rubbish, takes it to the dump, it's not uh, actually doing work with karaka, But uh, she is, uh, well, first of all, why is oh, I'm not okay with it? Because she's actually not a Kablan. She's not paid for job. She's paid per hour. And it's all every likelihood that the the employer will say, well, you know, Ivanka, that's so nice of you, you know you're're you're, you're, you're slapping the rubbish you'll go five minutes early, for example, I mean, if it, no, she's paid for her time and therefore she's a Sohir and whatever she's doing she's doing for you. so that's on on one level. the other the other point is though that because she's walking out of your premises, it looks like uh, it, it's obvious that it's doing it, they're doing it for you, which is the truth, yeah but let's go to one other perhaps more explicit source in Shuchanaruch, and that is in Simon sheen Chof Hey, and here we're talking about a Goyish, a customer, etc. Even if a Goy is in your premises, you wouldn't be allowed to. You're lacking. You're to give them food, only if it's likely that they would give them the food which they would eat here. But if you give them other items, where it's normal for them to carry out, that wouldn't be okay, because it looks like you're giving them stuff to, 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 to transport. That's if it belong, If the stuff belongs to you. If it belongs to them, it's their stuff. They're allowed to take it out of your premises, um, because all right, so people are snooping on you. They'll snoop a little bit further. They'll know that they, that they were taking their own stuff. Then he goes further. What happens if it belongs to the guy, but it was a pawn, and it was you were like had lent money, and that, also that wouldn't be okay if the guy had come and paid up the loan. That would not be okay for him to pick it up because again because of mara sign so for a am going to walk out with stuff with goods from a, the home of a jew on shabbos would not be okay because it looks like you've sent them to so never mind the previous thing which you could argue is only uh, relating to land but to for a going to walk out of my premises with a package which is uh likely that i sent him to deliver that would not be okay Right, I see here on a, one of the messages, the issue was raised with car repairs in a garage where the car is identifiable, um, or identifiable. all oh, vans which are identifiable, used by workers on Shabbos, it has the local kosher kosh delivery van. Um, I'm, I'm also not so sure whether one has to make an issue of it because people know that you, you have the uh, a van, you have an employer van driver. And he does his own thing with the, his, with the van. I don't know how, how uh, rigid that is. Well, right. Meanwhile, but thing in this case, where she's actually doing a service for you on Shabbos, taking the rubbish out of the house to the dump, even though it's, uh, you can call it her duties, but it's still, she's doing it for you and that, that, would, that would not be okay. Okay, let's move on. Let's go on to the next question. And this is a family owner caravan which they use several times a year. They go for a few days to uh, countryside, wherever, wherever people care with caravans. Otherwise it's parked in their driveway or the side of the house. And they've got a daughter, teenager, who plays music or practices. And so she'll sit in the caravan and do her music. So does that, that that caravan need to have a mizuz? So, if a caravan had become a permanent dwelling, and this is discussed interestingly even fifty years ago by Minchas Yitzchok, where you've got people who can't afford to buy a home, so they'll buy a they'll buy a caravan, and they'll park it wherever they park it. And they live and they live there. So that such a dwelling is is of v'mizuzah. If it's if it stays in one place, then it's subject. It does need to have a mezuzah. What we have here in shukhanaruch is a sukkah which is only used for sukkahs. That's a very temporary dwelling. Doesn't need a mezuzah. A bayis shemis a a room in a boat. Doesn't, doesn't need to have mezuzah and then we've got here the stalls in the market well let's not go into that but meanwhile the bicep is so although it could be very well that the sailors use those cabins for weeks on end but it's really it's the, 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 the boat is traveling and that's what's what they, they they uh so it's not it's not a stable dwelling so therefore coming back if it was a if a person keeps on like as a nomad keeps on moving that caravan wouldn't need to have insurance because it doesn't stay in one place even though the person lives you won't believe it but i once had a question about a person who had a private plane and they travel a lot and they asked whether they have to put up a visitor on the plane um the answer was no um but coming back with this caravan if the caravan was like an alternative, uh, like a long-term dwelling, but my my assessment of this situation is not so. the The caravan they did not buy as a music room for the young the young lady, they bought it for recreation to travel. That's the primary purpose why they bought that caravan. The fact that they when they when they not on the holidays, and the girl uses the place for practicing music, I think that's very much a secondary an afterthought and therefore i'm looking at the primary purpose it is made for travel it's not made for dwelling uh, that's the purpose of it and therefore it does not need to have lizards there are well there are in many places in amsterdam but even over here you have people who live in houseboats those which are moored there and they stay there for for months and months on end perhaps even for years they've even got wired electricity to them those are high and right. Um, right. And you know, 30 years ago they even had phone lines. Nowadays they don't because, because everyone's got mobile phones. Right, let's move on. So then the third question which I have is I don't have any uh, anything to show on the board. So young ladies, she's earning money and very um, piously putting aside miser of her earnings. Into a separate bank account, and in well, the truth is that one should not be hoarding miser money for a long time. It should be distributed uh, without too much delay. Bearing in mind there are plenty of needy people out there, and so therefore one shouldn't be hoarding miser money. But it could be she has a particular purpose, it could be in you know long term a plan, whatever it may be. That's that's a separate discussion. Meanwhile, she's got this let's say a thousand pounds, five thousand pounds in her MISO account and wisely, instead of putting it in a current account, which doesn't attract interest, she puts it into a, a, a savings account, which does attract interest. So now who does the interest belong to? Does the interest belong to stocker or does the interest belong to the, the, uh,
1: to the young lady? So now,
0: I see there's there, someone's asking about the hangover in uh, the second question. A had a so, question number two had something about the pews. That's from that was uh, a mistake, it Was it was left from the previous week. Well, let's come back to the mice and money. So, good. Uh, so, let me ask you the question if Chas her this account is hacked and the money was emptied, does she still have a duty of? Giving my who does so, whose responsibility is it now? Even in halacha you have Nader and Nadova, the difference. Hare alay, hare my understanding is you have an account for your stalker money, it's still your money. You've got still not, not only discretion where to put it, but it also it's still your money. It's just that you have wisely put it aside, but it's still your money. And therefore, I believe that the account, the, the, the interest generated is yours. That's that's my my feeling about it. Because because it's still your money, still you have a Khariais, therefore, it's still your money, and the money gen, income generated would still be yours. What you want to do with it, you want to go flima share that's that's okay, but strictly speaking, I think it's your money. Okay, so now I got a question from a fellow who's traveling and he's in an airport and there's a there's a minion wonderful he's going to Israel it's some airport some foreign country and so he joins the minion and instead of facing Mizrah the minion some of the leaders of the minion decided to face the opposite direction because if they would face Mizrah they would be in the view or it would be in their view a lot of other people and uh, lack of seers this time of the year uh, especially and so he's asking the question is it legitimate to face not to your shalim in order to be able to focus on your davening better that's that's the question so what we have here is this is from the piskiturist the simon for which direction to face in Davening is Simon sadik Dalad. And if it helps, it just came to my mind now. I'd like to have like a mnemonic to remember. Sad, which means side, which which direction to face? Simon sadik Dalad. So he writes that face um that you one when, when Davening one should be facing a wall, and there shouldn't be pictures on the wall where you're where you're diving towards. And you shouldn't be facing a place where you'll be disturbed for your davening. Let's say you've got a window to the street or a, a, a door where people are passing by. And even if, as a result, you won't be davening towards your shalim, because the Yishuvadas, the, the focus during davening is more important than facing towards the shalim. So I, so I believe that the that the leader of that minion was correct in facing away from the human traffic and focusing towards the wall, even though it meant not towards the Shalai. This brought, brings me to the next point, which is that one who says here, he says the following What happens if you're diving in a shul and the shul are diving not towards the Shalai, they're diving to a different direction? So you should not dive in different direction to the
1: shul. Then he goes a little bit further.
0: Don't dive, even if, as a result, you'll have uh, don't daven away from the shul, away from the shul direction, even though, as a result, you'll be able to daven better. All right, that's just another detail. But actually, in Stamford Hill, there are several shuls, which instead of the more tri- common facing east they are facing south so they're davening towards the london bridge and towards north africa etc well it can be for south africa also but it's it's not towards Jerusalem. and so i occasionally when i've when i'm didn't manage to down in Lubavitch, so i will go to one of these places and i have this dilemma do i face south or do i face east so actually this question. Is discussed in the Barahate of a commentary in the Shukh He brings two opinions, and this is from Nasiri Mr. Ashlicher's volume Base. One who comes to a place, uh, a tzibor, or pl- davening not towards the Shulay. Some say you should daven nevertheless down towards the Shulay. Some say you should not um, do different to what the tzibor are doing. So now, davening. You're towards the Shalayim, don't worry about your looking uh, arrogant. Or people say, Oh, you're down in a different direction. So the Bayer says so in the name of the Yad Eliyahu, the name of a Sefer. That it's okay to dive in towards the Shalayim, even though it's different to the Shul. Then we have a reference to the Igris Kodesh of the previous Rebbe, which we'll read in a moment from the next slide. But there, so there is one opinion to daven towards the Shalayim despite that the kehila are davening to a different direction. There are those who say you should conform with the Tzibur and that's the other opinion in the Bayar Hatev over there. And the Mishtuburah takes that view. I'll, I'll take or something. So even though they're not davening towards the Shalayim but you should do what the Tzibur are doing. So what we have in front of us now is a letter of the previous Rebbe to a chosid by the name of Rebbe Vom Eli Axelrod. And he writes the following. You're asking a question about diving in a shul where the directions are not correct. I don't understand your question. Generally, when a shul is built or when a, a house is requisitioned for a shul, then generally, one generally would try to make sure that the directions, should be the right direction as discussed in Shukanochsu and Sarik Dalat and Oberbirish Mogin David. That's the older name for the Taz. So his volume, his Pirish Turei Zohav, is his commentary on Yerodeya, his commentary on Orochaim was called Mogin David. You may have seen sometimes for him referring or called Mogine Eretz. So the, there was a time where the Orochaim volumes were known as Mogine Eretz. Because they had the two commentaries of Mogin Avrohom on the outer outer margin and Mogin David on the inner margin, so the volume was called mogin Eretz. So that's what the Friederich Rebbe is referring. To, but the Mogin David is the Taz. The Alter Rebbe, so writes the Friederich Rebbe, writes the Alter Rebbe discusses at length about how to establish directions from various countries from, you know, from where you are, where you are towards Yerushalayim beSamildas, and then he says, if perhaps to go a little bit more south, so that because let's say from where the altar ever lives facing east, they're not going to get you to your shalim, therefore, he says you should veer somewhat to more toward the south. Then he uh, then never the finishes off. Eve, when they built the show or when they put, uh, bought this dwelling, they didn't work it out properly the directions. The holes there, there's no question whether you're allowed to darwin there, you can down in that show because. You can daven to the direction which, according to your understanding, is towards the Shulayim. and he gives a reference to that by simon simon you know sadik sifkot and Gimel. So it's, uh, the rebbe, the rebbe seems to be saying here that you if even if the shul are facing a different direction, it's okay for you to daven towards your Shulayim. Now. Of, there can be different degrees of how out you know how wrong direction it is happens to be the ones at Stanford Hill I can tilt a little bit towards my left and therefore i'm I'm facing um facing shoreline without being too uh, different to what everyone else is doing it would be more difficult if the Aaron Kurdish was mamish on the west and everyones facing one way I'm facing the other way that would be more problematic but uh, Okay. Right. Let's move on. So what's, what happened over here? That last week on Thursday was a fast day. And it's one of these shuls, which I'm amazed the people who come regularly to shul, to keep up the minion, they're not necessarily fasting, but they, they are loyal to keep up the minion. So now it turns out you've only got four people fasting. What do you do about Kriyasatoira? What do you do about saying Anenu? And it's important to emphasize that the, the rules are not identical. The rules for Anenu and the rules for, rules, rules for Kriyasatoira, bearing in mind that Anenu is an extra brocha on behalf of the Sibur, whereas Kriyasatoira, the one who has the Aliyah, he is saying the brocha So that's why it's a little bit different. So now let's read inside. This is again from Vistea volume base. So the comment here is that sometimes you know, there's no 10 fasters in Shulk. And that's different to regularly say if you've got Roiv Minyan. When it comes to, to, to fast days, the Shukhnoch requires 10 people are fasting. If that's the case, the Chazan should not say Anenu as a separate bracha, because you don't have a minion of fastas. Instead, it should be incorporated in shemeyat HaTefilo, like if you had forgotten to say it by between Goyal and Reifei, you'd incorporate it in shemeyat So here too, when you don't have a minion of fasters, so then say anenu in shemeyat and you finish off. To Hashem ha'oinei Ama Yisrael be'etzoro, You'd incorporate in the chasimah both of those, both both items. And at Mincha, when I fast, we normally say, there's no minion of fasters, don't say it at Mincha. Then we have, if there are three people who are fasting, and the other, there are seven, would have loved to fast they can't manage so they've been eating small amounts then you can say anenu with a bracha. now we've gone through this in the past and the background is the story with the there was a a, a plague in the times of the tzimah tzedek and he writes a letter i believe it's to his son Rabbi Noach, who was a, a rovin in yezin and he was the rebbe. his father says to the son you must not fast he was a weak uh, constitution you must not fast and other people also shouldn't be fasting because of the weakness and that could together with the plague and make them more vulnerable but well, he says there he writes if there's three people who are fasting and the others who are there's another seven who are eating small amounts then you would be qualified to have 10 people who are fasting and you could say a as a separate bracha that's all about aneinu. So aneinu seems to be quite uh, rigid. On the other hand, the advantage is, but aneinu, you can throw it in, in Shemea Tfiloh, and that's that's a no-risk option. When it comes to Kriya Satoira, then if there are three people who are fasting and you they can have those three aliyas, then that would be legitimate. Okay, so the Kriya Satoira, you have for three fasters, and each one of them, one of uh, well, for the three aliyas will be given to those three. So now someone's asking if one of the people who's not going to finish the fast, as far as I remember, if he's still fasting, he still counts for the uh, for the quorum, even though he may not. So for anenu he still can say, I think so. What's interesting now that we're discussing it, what happens if it's at the morning and he's not even going to fa- fast even half day? I'm not sure what the answer is. So I'll have to look into it again and look around, see whether there's any comment in posthum on that. Yeah, right, let's move on. And number number six. So I got a call on Thursday morning. So a fellow is asking, he's working in a hot kitchen. He's actually a Mashiach. And he says, I won't be able to last the day if I don't drink. I just can't. I can't manage. So, so, kind of the question is:
1: Does should he go to work? Should he take off work?
0: That that could be. Well, I I would I would I wouldn't like to consider that a mashgiach kashrus should take off work. What do you who, What do you expect? Who should be mashgiach in, in 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 the kitchen? Uh, you can't have a koi during the hashgokha, yeah? So it's, it's imperative it is there. Right. Um, so the question is, are you ob- obliged to fast even though it's going to cause you to become ill? So that's I was discussing with one of the rabbinem here, that's the way he looked at the shaila. Are you obliged to fast even though it will cause you illness? So generally for a mitzvah, one should be uh, be obliged, feel obliged to pay a lot of money to do a mitzvah and also not to do an Aveira to be pay a lot of money not to do an Aveira. How does it work with a fast day? How much do you have to sacrifice to be able to fast? So, a parallel to this is a, is, is a here's a story. This is a savior called Basomim Reish, it's attributed to the Rosh. And the question is that a woman is unable to handle the morrow. They they only have the horseradish. They don't have the lettuce. And if she'll eat a kazais of that horseradish, she'll be ill for a, a, a day or two, be bedridden, and the whole yomta will be ruined. Is she obliged
1: to do so? So,
0: To which the the, the answer is given that one is not obliged, although one is obliged to spend a lot of money to do a mitzvah, one is not obliged to do a mitzvah and become ill as a result. And he says, for example, we see a choyle is exempt from sukkah, even if there's no danger associated. And he says that's not only by sukkah, that's just one example. The Torah is given for chayim, to rocher and the Torah is to be pleasant ways. And therefore, and then he says one more point, there's a mitzvah to be healthy, to keep yourself healthy. And if you're engaged with one mitzvah, therefore you put over another mitzvah. Whichever way you, you turn it, he's saying clearly that you're not obliged to do a mitzvah and cause yourself thereby to be ill. And therefore the same thing with the fast day to say that he should not drink and therefore become weak and therefore uh, not, not obliged to do so. Uh, you could say shouldn't go to work. I don't know whether whether I don't know whether that, that is in this case, Bekal option. Also, I don't know whether it's a person is obliged. This is this is really where I'm coming from. Is a person obliged to take off work to be able to fast? That's, that's really what was, in my mind, I'm not sure whether they have a totally clear
1: answer to that.
0: Someone's commenting on a previous discussion about whether there is a leeway for a non-fasting person to have an aliyah on Mondays and Thursdays. That would be, first of all, you're talking about at Shachris. and I think that's more a bediever if they were already called up. I don't think you'd call them up um, if they're not fasting, because the reading is a different reading. It's, a, it's a, a reading of a fast day. It's not the reading of on the regular Monday and Thursdays. OK, let's move on. So now we have question number seven. So someone has a an office of sorts, providing some kind of service and asking whether on Tisha B'al, do they have to close or can they remain open? And the likelihood that the customers will also not be Jewish, at least for the morning. So, what we have here is from about places where the people do do work on Yom um that's permitted, whether it's not, it's not permitted. Tamil shouldn't be doing work on Yetashabov. The and then he says, even if the local custom is that not to do work on, not to work on Tisha Bob, it's permitted to have work continued to be done in your own house, even in your house, if it's been done by a by, by non Jew. The main thing is that if working is a distraction, from the from the uh, avelos, from the grieving from the mourning, or so but if a guy is doing it, it's not a distraction from my my avelos, therefore it's permitted so that's okay um i have been also asked about traveling how strong is there how much of an issue is there about traveling on tissue and i have answered that it says in in and kids not to go for walks even an air of tissue afternoon if i'm not mistaken Certainly on Tishabov, not to kind of distract yourself from the focus of Tishabov. And certainly I felt that tra- going to the airport and catching your plane, etc., is is I think is a major distraction on the other.
1: So that, that
0: would be a problem then in addition traveling by plane traveling by plane is also a risk of dehydration and with all also the running around it's not a good idea even in any any fast day but certainly on tishebo because of the focus um on our velos or the from our velos it's not appropriate let's move on so now this i'm i'm, I'm really struggling with this and perhaps we'll come back to this again now I think we discussed it not so long ago. There is a term that soif koiso that the end of a wall becomes like a, a, a doorpost. In order to be a so you need to have a door frame, a doorway. So uh, you can see this picture towards the upper right. So you've got here three walls, and now the walls end off, and they somehow create. A doorway. So that's so that, from the- that is arguably high,. You but then you've got the other way around. You've got here a recess. So you've got corners on either side where the recessed wall and the side wall meet. And this is called so the which I've seen of of late, so that does not qualify as a door frame, as a doorway the meeting of the walls here that what i thought was called surf coastal now said so that's safe coastal is the end where it leaves uh when it comes ends off as, as a you know, there's there's a there's a like a door door post but where a corner of where two walls meet would not be qualifying as a safe coastal and wouldn't have to have a visitor. so someone sent me this week these diagrams. It's from a contemporary safe as you can see so so here you've got where you've got a passage and it opens to a wider room or here and there's similar setup and they are suggesting that they do have to have visitors where the corridor meets the larger room even though there's no it's just the corners of the wall or the two corners meet in the corner where two walls are meeting so i'm really quite puzzled I'm not sure how we deal with this. According to, as I said, according to what I've been reading recently, that this kind of structure does not count as, uh, count as a safe coastal to be chai B'n-Zuza, and yet others seem to be saying that it is chai v'un So, Linaida, I'll try to do more research on that. Let's move on to another person asked me this week, and it's useful for now today's Sunday, and this coming Shabbos, is chazak and so at the end of the aliyah of the last aliyah of shabbos before maftir last aliyah so it's chazak and everyone joins in and says chazak chazak when it's chazak now not only so our, our meaning is that not only does the congregation say so but also chazak is said by the one who has the aliyah so Chazak, Chazak, this is also written, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's written but meanwhile, Chazak, Chazak, is also said by the Earl Torah and it's said before the Bracha. Now what you have here is a conversation, this is the Rebbe's record of his conversation with the previous Rebbe and this is in Chodesh Av, Tov Shin Aleph. So it had been Shabbos, Matas, Masay, was the early days of Chodesh Av, and the day after, there's discussion about yesterday's so or two days ago's Krias HaTorah, and the Rebbe, as in the previous Rebbe had said, that it said even the one who has the Aliya HaTorah also says Chazak between the end of the reading before he says his brach. So first of all, it says the reason Bichlal why one says Chazak. Kazakh with is kazaik is mu'imhma minim hapshuti. Should somehow include oneself with those who have simple emuna. And he says, Sorch liya is loshin Now that this 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 is this, this seems to be a quote from the Bach Bayas Khodash, which is a commentary on the tour. I did do a search in various. Ways and I did not come up with this lotion so I don't know. Uh the editors of the of the sefer also didn't find it, so never mind. But the chazak, chazak is let us be strong and sefer Actually, the chazak is expressing a wish that we will forge ahead and we'll start a new sefer. We're finished by Midbor, we're going to start Dvorim. That's what the Khazakh is saying. We're going to keep on keep strong and we're going to keep on striving. So when the previous Rebbe said this, that Chazak is like a preparation for the next sefer. So then I asked, says the Rebbe, al Shelosim im So then the saying of Chazak is unrelated to the kriya of today. And don't compare it to, let's say, if you've already made a Brochahamuitzi. And you say, I see melach. Bring the salt, because the salt is unable to eat the bread. Therefore, it doesn't count as a hefsik But to say that chazak is to have the to give the impetus to start the next sefer. So why is it not a hefsik That was the rebbe's question to his father, not a previous Rebbe. And on this, the first rebbe answers: Kol ha'toyrus shel baruch hu The entire toyrus is written in sources is names of usher this everything is names of usher would say this is the failure would say in the base of veratius till the lament of yisrael is all one word is one long word and then he says he compares it to the shoif of mashiach i don't understand what that what that's got to do with it but meanwhile he's saying that the whole Torah is one unit consequently don't worry about, about it being a hefsik because you're saying I'll finish by, by midbor and I'm talking about dvorim. But by midbar and dvorim are all part of the one Torah, yeah? and therefore, chazak that we're going to learn dvorim is not a hefsik between by midbor and the brochas that said thereafter. That's how they also, the editors there, explain the, in the footnote. Then he has the last note over here that this union of chazak and chazak when it's Chazik, so, the, both the Mashal and the Ramor made a lot of fuss about this, of the saying Chazak, Eltera Poskim, we were talking about veteran Poskim who make an emphasis on this announcement of Chazak, Chazak. So, just this was for me a, a new insight. The Chazak, Chazak is gearing up for the next safer, and it's not a problem of Hefsik because it's all, all, all one Torah, all the names of Hashem, and it's, therefore it's all one, one topic, so to speak. Finally, I'm going back to the discussion which we had last week about the, the Kesher, which was published last week, of the of the Rebbe's Tefillin. Now, I I want to show you what I've... I, 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 I'm going, perhaps, if I can, I'll show a video of how it is done. But meanwhile, before I tr- risk that, I'm going to show you what I've done. This is my... My, my personal fill- in, and the lower one is my rabbinic Thomas, which I have not changed yet and the upper one is the Rashi's fill-in. What's happened over here is if you're following what where I'm pointing the arrow, there's a difference whether this uh, vertical strap is started by going from the bottom upwards or from the top downwards and the more common ways to start off going upwards and then folding down whereas the Rebbe's approach was starting from the top as you can see that strap over there's gone through the top then gone down and then gone gone to the side um it took me a while to absorb what's going on there I'm going to show you a video if I can and that is made by someone called her Moshe Klein.
1: Let's try to get out of this. Um, Go back again, try again, click. Okay, can you still see this? Right, now, there we are. Is it
0: coming up? Okay. Doesn't seem to be coming up. I guess you can't be online, the two things at the same time. Uh, Anyone who's interested, tell me after this year, send me uh, a WhatsApp and I'll be happy to share with you the video of Moshe Klein in New York so he um analyzes and he shows exactly how this kesha is different and um you'll be welcome to see it so that the mini video is another five minutes but fine Uh, i'm going to stop with this wish you a good evening and uh we should meet always in good
1: health cult go ahead